Welcome back to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fun Caliber. This week, we're taking an optimistic view of the UK economy. We highlight the potential benefits of investing in UK equities, including the growth potential and attractive dividend yields. I'm Chris Sarley, and today we're joined by Job Curtis, manager of the Elite Rate City of London Investment Trust. Thank you for joining us again, Job. It's a pleasure. Let's start with all things UK. I believe you've been comment or speaking recently where you said that the pessimism surrounding UK and the UK economy has perhaps been overdone. I, I'm a pessimist, so I could do with as much optimism as possible when it comes to the UK. Yes, um, but I think it's really pessimism about growth. I think if you go back a few months, um, both the Bank of England and the IMF and various forecasts were predicting a recession in the UK, and that hasn't transposed. Um, in fact, growth has sort of held up, um, not particularly high growth, but it has um, been positive. And I think a lot that's got to do with the employment market. I mean, unemployment stayed very low, and um, employment you know, we've got fairly full employment still. So I think that's really been the positive on the economy. I mean, certainly uh, the negative side has been inflation, which hasn't fallen as fast as people have expected. I mean, it's partly the flip side of, of um, fairly full employment and the wage increases we, we've been seeing. So uh, so I think inflation, um, I mean, I've certainly also have been in the camp thinking it would fall, but be quite sticky because of the kind of second order effects of, of wages. I mean, certainly you've initially had the kind of oil price, energy price effect um, with the Ukraine war. And that's um, that's coming out of the 12-month calculation. We're going to come out of 12-month calculations. Um, so so I think um, I think the worry more is on in, inflation sort of proving sticky. I mean, I think it will, you know, decline from, from where it is above 8%. Um, but um, yeah, it's just going to take a long time to get back to um, the sort of levels we've been used to in recent years. So I think that's the kind of more worrying side. But certainly in terms of employment and growth, I think the economy has done better than a lot of people are expecting. Is the dynamic on inflation changing because it's hit wage prices? Obviously, that's going to slow everything down. Is that is that the main sort of change in the dollar? Yes, I, yes, I think it is. On I mean, certainly the energy price increases are falling out. I mean, producer prices generally. Um, have fallen out. Food food inflation, of course, as we all know, has been food price inflation has been high. Um, but I think those sort of effects begin to come out of twelve month figures. But I think it's more. Um, I think the key factor is is wages now, um, and um, which have um, you know we've been looking at kind of wage growth of um, slightly over seven percent, and that's the the key influence on inf- inflation at the moment. And um, you know it makes the Bank of England's job quite tough at the moment. I mean, I mean, just more broadly, I mean, what what should people sort of consider when investing in UK equities? I mean, specifically dividend paying companies in your case. I mean, you mentioned we, we talked about inflation there. Cash is sort of paying 5% and there's, there's talk of more rate rises coming. I mean, why take the extra risk? What does UK equities offer that perhaps just, you know, having a risk-free bond perhaps? Well, well, UK equities... Um, doesn't equal the UK economy, as as you know, UK equities, um, you know, some some you know two thirds of the underlying sales of companies UK stock market come from overseas. Only a third come from from the UK. So so it doesn't you know so it gives you a kind of global exposure for for a start. Um, uh, secondly, I mean, I I'd think you'd be very likely to get five percent cash and any kind of you'd be a fairly risky bank offering you that. I mean, you can find that in the bond market, but um, that you would that would be very difficult to find. In fact, you wouldn't be able to find it from a safe bank at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, even if you just compare the 5% figure, I mean, what UK equities offer you is the potential of growth um, and growth 
in both profits and dividends. So, you know, whilst you're starting, dividend yield would be below 5% at the moment. Um, you, you would um, have the prospect of a growing dividend and, and capital appreciation as, as companies grow their profits and dividends. So, um, and, you know, even 5%, um, which you might get in a bond, if inflation is running as it is at the moment, above 8%, you're actually losing money in real terms. So I think I think in an inflationary era, um, you want to be in 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 real assets in companies, you know, companies that have got the ability to grow their profits despite inflation, um, you know, are, are kind of even more attractive than in, you know, it's different when you've got kind of um, you know, if inflation was down at two percent, then five percent would be an attractive return for fixed interest. But unfortunately, inflation is is above eight percent as we're talking, and um, and so five percent is not much compensation if it's a fixed five percent. Whilst um equities are offering you a combination of dividend yield and growth. Which means you'll probably get it. You know, you you could hope you have the prospect of a total return that could beat inflation. Okay, I'm going to continue with the sort of pessimistic things. I'm going to get UK PLC sold a bit better here. Um, you know, you you, you could argue that perhaps the, the UK is not a sort of prominent on the global stage today on the company side. I mean, obviously, given where you invest, a lot of the companies do have an international footprint. But maybe why should an investor sort of consider the UK? What, what sort of elements of the market perhaps? Does it have the other parts of the world don't have, you know, obviously the income is a standout factor, you know, it's the most mature market for that. Maybe just give us a, a bit more of a, of a selling sort of point on the UK for us. Well, the UK market is, is very cheap relative to other equity markets. And uh, that, I mean, there's one major reason for this um, in that the world index is dominated by the American market. And the American market is home to the big technology companies, the big global technology companies like Microsoft, Apple. Amazon and, and you know these companies have been extraordinarily successful and some of them are very highly rated and probably with, with justice and we, we certainly can't UK doesn't have that you know and, and certainly you know I would su- always suggest to people to hold world, world equities as well as UK equities I mean any investor should have a portfolio and he's going to want some some global exposure for sure and that's and you'll get that technology company exposure f- through through the global. Uh, but but then if you strip out um, those technology companies and look at the UK companies we've got and compare them with companies in in America and the other major markets in in Europe, um, our companies are, are still kind of at, at cheap. I mean, it's been calculated that um, the UK is on a discount of some twenty percent. I mean, I can look at specific companies. If you look at say Shell, which is the big oil company in the UK, and compare it with Exxon, which is the big American oil company, you know, the d- discount of Shell is more than. 20%. Uh, it's the same with, say, British American Tobacco and Philip Morris as well. Um, uh, so, and what, why is this the case? Um, I think the UK's has to be said, the UK's the kind of global, whatever we feel in the UK about Brexit, the global view, you know, hasn't been um, particularly positive. And I think that's affected people's attitudes. I think, and that, but probably a more important factor has been that, you know, when I first started uh, working in the stock market in, in the early 1980s, I mean, the Pension funds dominated the UK stock market. I mean, pension funds would have had about, you know, over fifty percent of their assets in UK equities, and that's fallen dramatically over the years. Partly because they've de-risked and they've gone more into bonds as their funds have matured, and they've also become a lot more global. And I think um, there's been a lack of domestic support for um, UK equities, and as a result. The actual number of companies on the stock market has been shrinking, and companies getting taken over both by private equity 
companies and foreign firms. And, you know, we in City of London, you know, got three examples the last couple of years. We, we had Morrison Supermarket that got taken over by a US private equity group. Uh, we had D- Daily Mail, which um, got taken private by Lord Rovermere. And then we had um, Bruin Dolphin, the wealth manager, which got taken over by Royal Bank of Canada. So, but there've been many, many other examples. And I think, you know, whilst this um, discount for the UK persists, um, whereby we're on a, we're so much, was so cheap on a global stage um, and with the amount of private equity money out there. And the fact we also got a very open system of corporate control, I can see that those trend of, you know, takeovers continuing. So at some point, um, you know, and I'm not sort of arguing it's going to come short term necessarily, but at some point, I think the valuation gap will, will, on a comparable basis, will begin to close between UK equities and, and global equities. But in the meantime, you get a very good dividend yield from the UK market and so you're, you could argue you're being paid while you wait. I was just going to say, I mean, the, the overbearing sort of message often is, is patient, isn't it? Patience, isn't it? But you you are being paid to be patient, I guess, which is something that perhaps is overlooked. Absolutely. In the market. Um, let's turn to the income. Obviously, the trust is known for having that reliable income. You know, I, I'd almost see it as like you, you, you kind of survived the acid test, which was COVID. I assume that that was pretty a pretty tough time. But, you know, you guys managed to, to navigate that well in terms of the income and the, the revenue reserves. Maybe talk to us, why should a, an investor sort of, cons, you know, look at this? trust? Should, should it just be someone who's perhaps at or approaching retirement? Or would you say it's suitable for younger investors too in terms of compounding income? Yes, well, I think so. Two parts to your question. I mean, obviously, we have a core of consistent companies in in our portfolio, uh, but as an investment trust, we are we have a structure whereby we we can use revenue reserves. So, in the good years for dividends, we put money, we can save up to fifteen percent and put it into a revenue reserve. And in a difficult year, such as during the early stage of pandemic, when uh, FTSE one hundred dividends went down by about thirty six percent, we carried on growing our because we were able to dip into our reserves and we couldn't have done it without those those revenue reserves so that is um you know wh- why why um you know we can look at forward um with a lot of confidence um to, to continue with our dividend growth track record um but but i think um the other point is you know would w- should we appeal to younger investors well um it's fun enough um the dividend is a very important part of the total return from stock market in the long run it's it's often not something that people are you know commonly aware of you know but actually if you very longer term studies which and this is going back not to talk about kind of any single year but if you go back like 30 40 years and look at the kind of where the real returns have come from the stock market it's a combination of of income and capital returns and it isn't it's actually surprisingly high amount of income so uh so i think um it's the kind of part it's a kind of hidden secret of stock markets and it's not just true of the uk it's also true of overseas stock markets so um so i think um younger investors should should take heed of of the importance of income as part of their total return and and you know certainly if you can reinvest that in the fund as 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 you can do um you know that that's a very powerful way of um compounding your your total return over a long period so uh so i can Obviously, the someone kind of close to retirement or in retirement, you know, income is obviously critical. You need you need a bit of income to pay your bills. Um, uh, but but even for those, you know, kind of people in their thirties or whatever, you know, I think that it still is worth thinking about as it as it is a key part of the longer term return from equities, both in the UK and overseas. 
Okay. Um, I want to sort of finish by talking a bit more about the companies, but obviously you can't really talk about the companies without talking about inflation again. I mean, you sort of overlaid us with your, your view and your how you know how you perceived inflation to impact the markets. I mean, how have the companies in your portfolio managed rising inflation and interest rates? Are, are the earnings holding up? It, I mean, it's a very good question. I mean, certainly, um, you know, some companies are very used to inflation. I mean, if you take Unilever, which is one of our biggest holdings, um. I mean, some 60% of their revenue comes from emerging markets. Um, they've got a big business in countries, you know, like India or, you know, all over the world. And some of these countries, you know, inflation is very common, you know, similarly with um, BA Tobacco. So um, a lot of companies, you know, I'm these multinational companies are quite experienced at dealing with inflation. And there's, if you're selling an everyday product like Unilever, you know, you have got a fair amount of pricing, particularly if it's a brand that people respect. It's not a kind of, big purchase as part of their total budget so uh so you know certainly good chunk of our portfolio is is um you know both used to these conditions um maybe it's been a long time since we had them in the uk but you know on a global basis they've they're used to handling inflation and and they they well they got quality products so they have a degree of pricing power so um you know i mean certainly it is a threat to consumer discretionary companies um particularly high-end discretionary items i mean the housing market you know faces a challenge as well you know um you know from higher interest rates though ultimately um you know the uk we need a lot more homes that it's absolutely clear with the kind of population growth we've had so whilst i think house builders short term are under pressure i think medium term you know there's a good opportunity there so uh so i think you know you know obviously it's, it comes down to stock selection and being in the companies that have got pricing power and not you know, and who've got, um, you know, who can cope with inflation. In terms of interest rates themselves, um, obviously, you know, I take a fairly cautious approach and, you know, I think kind of an area to be wary of are companies which are heavily indebted. I mean, they're going to benefit, they're going to obviously suffer most and tick if they're in a cyclical industry and um, it's that combination of their profits are declining and their interest payments are going up. That's kind of toxic combination and certainly companies in that sort of predicament are bound to be looking at their dividends and probably cutting them you know in, in that um, situation so uh on the other hand um you know rising interest rates do benefits parts of the market i mean for banks in some respects i mean it's a it's a debt balancing act but to the extent that it doesn't tip the economy actually into recession banks should benefit from the fact that in recent years with virtually zero interest rates, it's been very difficult for them to price their deposits but actually they can act now give people an interest rate on deposits and it makes it easier to earn their margin or between what they're paying on deposits and what they're um, charging borrowers so um and certainly parts of the insurance sector as well life assurance will benefit from uh better interest rates on, on their bond yields so so i think um it's a complex um subject um there are certainly losers but it but it, but there are also winners in the stock market in in this in this situation of um much higher inflation we've experienced in recent years and higher interest rates um, I, I just want to finish really by, by talking about the sort of construction of the portfolio i mean you you mentioned banks and insurers there maybe just just talk us through the diversity of the portfolio from a sector perspective and you know are, are there certain sectors you, you mentioned banks there that, that you, maybe perhaps you'll find particularly attractive at the moment yes well uh, and the biggest part of the portfolio around 25 percent is in financials it's a mixture of banks insurers which isn't life insurance and non-life insurers and financial services i mean 
we although we have exposed to the banks, we're actually slightly underweight relative to the um average in the FTSE index, but also index. But we um but we've also but we're quite heavily overweight in financial services and insurance is that area. I think the UK does well and some very good quality companies some attractive and yields. So that's one very important building block. Um, the second biggest building block, over 20% of the portfolio is those consumer staples companies I've referred to j- just now, like Unilever, British American Tobacco, Diageo. These these are very um, consistent companies, global. Um, you know, they very good delivery on dividends over, over a long period and um, and fairly defensive as well. Uh, so that, they're the kind of two biggest blocks within the portfolio. Um, industrials is around 11%. Uh, biggest holding here is BA Systems, which is the big UK defense contractor, but actually their biggest business is in the US, where they're the sixth biggest contractor, defense contractor, US government, and obviously def- Ending big change with the Ukraine war, sadly, but I think the end of the post Cold War peace dividend and you know governments all over the world looking to increase defence spending now. Uh, then I've got the next two biggest areas are energy. Um, we've got Shell and BP there, and um, and then the, the the fifth biggest sector is healthcare, where we have AstraZeneca and, and GlaxoSmithKline and and Merck of the US. So, uh, so I think the important thing to emphasise is a fairly diverse. Uh, you know, it's got a defensive stance, but it's a fairly diverse um, spread of um, of the portfolio. It's a, we don't have all our eggs in one basket, so we're not kind of going to suffer if any one particular area does badly. But we, but overall, it's a defensive portfolio, and um, hopefully structured. Well, it's it's planned structured to continue our record of um, dividend growth and also producing competitive returns. Joe, once again, thank you very much for joining us today and talking to us about all things UK. Pleasure. Launched in 1891, the City of London Investment Trust is one of the longest running investment trusts in the UK and has increased its dividend payment every year for the past 56 years. For more information on the City of London Investment Trust, visit fundcaliber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Calibre's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Calibre's research team only. 